Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio, this is the Politically Speaking Hour on St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. It's fair to say that over the past decade, St. Louis County government and politics resemble a roller coaster. Missouri's most populous county dealt with the fallout from Michael Brown's death in Ferguson, the shocking resignation of a county executive, and contention over a once-in-a-generation pandemic. Throughout it all, council members have often quarreled with the county executive and each other over a host of controversial and consequential issues. Nowadays, St. Louis County government and politics is dealing with less acrimony than in years past. But leaders are still staring down big challenges, including property taxes, a budgetary gap, and the lingering question about collaboration with the city of St. Louis. To talk about all of these issues, we're joined by St. Louis County Councilwoman Lisa Clancy. Clancy represents the 5th District, which includes Afton, Maplewood, Ladue, Clayton, and Richmond Heights. Councilwoman Clancy, welcome to the Politically Speaking Hour on St. Louis on the Air. Good afternoon, Jason. It's good to be here. It is great to have you. Uh, How would you describe St. Louis County government now compared to, say, when Steve Stinger resigned in 2019? (laughs) In some ways, a lot has changed. Um, In many ways, a lot has changed, actually. I think that we have seen a county government, um, you know, with the exception of the pandemic, which brought a lot of challenges. We've seen a county government that has had smooth and steady leadership, and I think we're on a good path right now. We do have we have some things to grapple with for sure, but I'm liking what I'm seeing right now. One of the things that you're grappling with is what I would classify as a budgetary gap. Could you kind of explain what this gap is and what council members are dealing with right now? Yes. So first of all, budgets are values documents. They are also math problems. We have about roughly a $40 million budget deficit, and that is the result of our revenue not keeping pace with our spending. Again, you go back to the math problem aspect of this. Um, We have not done what we need to do to continue to bring in dollars to keep pace with the cost of programs and services that we are delivering to residents. So we as a council, as you know, in the county executive's office, all of us are meeting again to put our heads together and figure out um, how we're going to change this. Without immense cuts to county departments or substantial tax increases, is this budgetary gap something that can even be solved this year? Or is this something that's going to be a multi-year process? I think we're going to see some incremental progress. We've already seen some proposals that point towards sort of eating small bites of the elephant at a time. So that's that's what I expect. But I, I do think that um, unless we're able to find some new revenue, our residents are going to need to change their expectations of, of what we're providing. And I don't know that there's a likelihood of that's going to happen because I, as I talk to my own constituents, as I talk to people throughout St. Louis County and my district and, and others and just throughout the region, the expectations of what we're doing are still pretty high and, and people need more. Like, what are some of these expectations that people want, but the county may not be able to deliver? 
Well, I think we are delivering a lot of high-quality services, but folks want better. They want more. We're talking about things like public safety, public health, um, additional amenities, lots of things, roads and bridges. Our our transportation and public works works budget is very challenging right now, and this is another area where I think most of us can see tangibly um, the patchwork solutions that we've put in place. you know, resurfacing is not a long-term great solution in terms of the resurfacing our roads. In terms of short-term, sure, but it's actually in the long-term pretty expensive. During an appearance on KSDK recently, County Executive Sam Page said he would be inclined not to spend a settlement emanating from the departure of the St. Louis Rams now, especially since the council, the county is still spending American Rescue Plan funds. But do you think that the county will have to dip into, I think it's roughly $175 million because of interest, to bridge the budget gap if there isn't significant action taken in the next couple of years? That's a possibility. I think all options are on the table right now. I don't think anyone wants to have to do that, but that is something that we are probably going to need to consider. And just to give a little bit of background, the city and the county both got a substantial amount of money. Uh, from a settlement from the Rams departing. It's interesting, the city has gone through a pretty rigorous public engagement process about how to spend the money, but there are also members of the Board of Aldermen. Alderwoman uh, Daniela Velasquez was on Politically Speaking recently. She also wants to keep the money banked and just have the interest accumulate. Is that something that like your, your counterparts on the council want to do, or do they want to spend this money as quickly as possible? The council as a whole hasn't really talked much about how to spend this money. I think that what the city is doing to get some public input is is admirable, and I like that strategy. But again, we, we are in a very different financial position than the city is. And so I do think it makes sense to keep that money parked for now and to accumulate additional interest. Um, amid this discussion about budgetary woes, uh, there was legislation that Page let go into effect that would freeze property taxes for seniors. And it wasn't as expansive as the bill that failed to pass the council earlier this year, but you were still vocally opposed to this proposal. Why? Well, lots of reasons. I think that this was the state punting to us. Um, I do feel for our senior citizens and, and really any St. Louis County resident who is struggling to stay in their home because of mounting costs, fixed incomes. Um, I do think, though, that this proposal takes away from other public goods that we need to be investing in. And my biggest concern was with was the impact to our public schools, public education, libraries, um, and municipal budgets. And so I think that there's better ways to do this. I'd like to, the state to reform the circuit breaker program. And, you know, also earlier this week, we learned that this is going to cost the county half a million dollars to implement. So... Again, how do you square that with our with our budget challenges right now? So the Circuit Breaker is a state program that helps low-income seniors with property mm-hmm. taxes. Would you think that that would be a better way to help county residents who are legitimately struggling to pay their property taxes, especially if they're on fixed incomes? Absolutely. And it happens in a way that comes from our state budget and would not have any revenue impact in St. Louis County. The state has a budget surplus. 
So before you came on the show, I put out a call for questions to pose to you, and we got a lot of good ones, and and none, no, no trollish questions either, which I think <laughs> is a great accomplishment given what you have to do, you and your colleagues have to deal with at, uh, during the public forum section of the county council every time. So let's start. Uh, Lost in the water from Reddit asks, I would love to get Lisa's take on the marijuana tax stacking lawsuit. I know it's active litigation, but I'm sure you can find a way to word it so she answers. Now, obviously, we are not attorneys, but the stacking lawsuit refers to a lawsuit that has been filed against the county because the county wants to collect a county tax on cannabis dispensaries in municipalities and not just unincorporated St. Louis County. What do you think is at stake with this lawsuit and and what... I, I assume because it would bring in more revenue, you're hoping it fails. But like, what do you think is at stake overall? The revenue. I think you. I think in some ways you answered the question. Um, I do hope it fails because we need that revenue. And I think this also gets at a challenge that my colleagues and I scratch our heads over all the time. What what policies we pass impact municipal versus unincorporated. So, you know, it could be interesting from that standpoint, too, the precedent that could be set by this lawsuit. Do you think that having a 6% tax on cannabis products in St. Louis County will put those businesses at a competitive disadvantage to St. Louis City dispensaries, which because the city of St. Louis is not in a county, can only tax it at 3%? It could. Again, I think this gets at a lot of issues related to regional fragmentation. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would also depend on how much marijuana you're buying. If you're spending right. $30 on edibles, I don't know if the, the difference is going to be that large. But if you're buying an ounce of marijuana for reasons that are none of our business, there could be a significant amount of money with taxes, basically. Right. I wonder how many people are actually choosing their dispensaries based on the tax rates, too. I, you know, I think people tend to have their favorite go-tos. Tupelo Uncle MBV, which I think is a reference to the seminal band Uncle Tupelo, by the way, from Reddit, asks, what does Councilwoman Clancy think about the prospect of removing partisan labels from county elections or moving these elections to April like they do in the city? It seems our county government suffers more than most from the prevailing themes of national political campaigns. If this can be attributed in part to partisan labels and the timing of our elections, isn't that worth changing? Just as, as a reference, the Board of Aldermen no longer has parties, but St. Louis County Council does. What do you think of Tupelo Uncle MBV's question? You know, I got a lot of things I care about. I don't know that I don't know that this is one of them. I will always be a Democrat. Yeah. I don't also know if this would make a huge difference because I think people would know somebody's a Democrat or Republican based off their past political activism. But yep. I do kind of see the point that the divides on the council are, are often not always Republican Democratic, although sometimes they are. Mm -hmm. So I think I see the point of that, but I'm not sure if it would make a, a large difference in the long run. Right. We're talking right now with Councilwoman Lisa Clancy. She represents the 5th District on the St. Louis County Council. So we also got a lot of questions about city-county cooperation, mm -hmm. some of which I think probably have been on your mind more than whether you are an independent or a Whig or a you know, natural law party person. <laughs> Jess Dawes writes, I desperately want a conversation about one St. Louis school district, city plus county, with equitably distributed resources to all schools. Now, 
Just to be clear, you're a county council person. You do not have power over schools, but you do have a megaphone. And I know that you care a lot about education policy. What do you think of the idea about having one school district or at least a conversation about like funding school districts collectively compared to the patchwork system we have right now? I love that idea. I love the idea of exploring that further. I'm not aware of any earnest attempts to do that. I know it has come up from time to time. Um, but I think it would make a lot of sense, especially from an equity standpoint. And I say that as someone who has, you know, a kiddo in that Maplewood Richmond Heights school district. I love that school district. I picked it for a reason. And I know a lot of people in St. Louis County pick their districts for a reason. But I know we also care about equity and how we can how we can all be better. And there is precedent to this. Like hmm. St. in St. Louis County, we have the special school district. Two of my children have received services from there. It seems like that has been a monumental success story. I would imagine, though, that like creating a funding distribution plan for school districts would be very complicated, and you would have to decide like how you're going to distribute money. Um, but I guess my question is like, who should be at the table to even discuss that? Would that be a state legislative issue? Would would be like a with like a collaboration between state and local leaders? Like who should he who should spark that conversation? Who? Um... I feel like part of that's a legal question, but I think I think there's structural barriers to this. I think there's also emotional barriers, not just to, to the question about schools, but any kind of city-county collaboration. And, you know, those emotional barriers have to do with things like racism and mistrust of government and, and partisanship. And so I think we need to find some visionaries who can at least you know, spark the conversation, and then we can figure out the details. Well, that segues greatly to our next question from Andrew Abraham from Instagram. Who is going to lead the cause to merge the city and the county? I don't think any of the current politicians would want to for fear of losing their job or power, but the last outside group that tried wasn't successful either. Also, the biggest opponents that I have heard from against this are residents in the suburbs, West County, Chesterfield, South County. And the feedback I always get when asked why is, I don't want to inherit the problems of the city. How do we show these residents that it would be good for everyone involved to merge? That, I think, is like literally the best question I got. Who is going to actually lead this conversation about city-county collaboration? Because I can tell you, I know Better Together tried, but I do not think that they succeeded in terms of leading this discussion. What do you think of – I would like to hear your, your thoughts on this. I don't know that there is ever going to be one entity, person, or or organization that is going to lead this conversation at this point. I don't think that we have the right moment for that. Um, I do think, though, that we've got – two legislative bodies in the city and the county, two executives, the mayor's office and the county executive, um, and departments that that in a lot of ways are aligned and have great relationships. And, and that's something we haven't seen in my entire time on the council, which has only been about five years. And so I think we need to deepen those relationships. And I think this does need to be a thoughtful community effort. The process in many ways is the product. And I also go back to some of the emotional barriers, the racism, the partisanship, um, the mistrust of government. So we really, we really need to be thoughtful about the process here. But I, there, the the inefficiencies and the duplication, both city and county, but also within St. Louis County, having nearly ninety municipalities, drive me crazy. <laughs> so there's got to be a better way. Well, let's talk about the actual last process that was in place, and it wasn't the Better Together plan. 
there was an attempt to do the Board of Freeholders. Mm. And we actually heard from somebody who was appointed on the city side, Lashana Lewis. And I want this is more of a statement than a question, but I think it'll dovetail into my next question. As someone that was originally appointed appointed to the Board of Freeholders, it essentially broke down to power dynamics. The same issues we faced when reducing the number of alder persons in the city from 28 to 14, and when we changed to approval voting in elections, there's a lot of animosity and change and fear surrounding it. In that end, the uncomfortable process of unifying will need to happen to help the areas, both of them, progress. It's just about bravery that's needed to do it. So the Board of Freeholders process, there was you all approved, mm-hmm. you all being the county council, approved nominees. The city did not. And the process just sort of vanished without doing anything. But do you do you think it's time to revisit this process? And if so, like, do you think it will be more successful than the last time? Oh, yeah. That's one of those things that wasn't all that long ago, but seems like a long time because ago. Because it was before the pandemic. And I think the pandemic really killed momentum for this. But it seems like it seems like there was some enthusiasm to do it, but at, at least on the county side, there was no enthusiasm from Lyda Crusen to do this. Right. But Lyda Crusen's no longer in office. But right. continue. You know, I don't know if that's the right process or not. I'm not sure. A lot of things evaporated when the pandemic happened. Um, you know, but but we need to think about what tools we have on the table right now. That could be one of them. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Not sure. There's. I'm seeing a lot of energy for that right now, though. Either. Now, I think that there are multiple different approaches to city-county collaboration, merger, consolidation, whatever you want to call it. The Better Together plan was trying to combine city and county into one metro government. There was a lot of opposition to that. Mm -hmm. I think that an an alternative is having St. Louis become a municipality within St. Louis County, similarly to Florissant or Richmond Heights or Maplewood. What's your thoughts about that idea? Again, I think that that could be a possibility. I think that that would maybe be a more incremental way to do this. But I don't know that my thoughts on it are as important necessarily as as the, you know, nearly one million folks that make up this region. We need to hear from the public on that. And also, like, I think that people say the Better Together plan failed because they tried to make Steve Stinger the all-powerful mega mayor. I, I definitely agree that was a contributing factor. But it had unified opposition amongst the black political community. Mm -hmm. And it's my belief that unless not only black political leaders, but African-American residents in this region have buy in any plan, every plan is going to fail. And I don't think any plan is actually going to be successful at achieving its goal. That's more of my observation than question, but I'd, I'd like you to address that point. This goes back to, I think, a lot of the the process needing to be as important as the product and i think that there's always going to be detractors but when i think about our our region's history and the our uh, specifically around racial issues that's that's concerning when when um you've got so many community leaders from the black community that are that are opposed or waving flags about the process we need to get more folks on board we need a diverse coalition St. Louis County Councilwoman Lisa Clancy represents the 5th District, which includes cities like Richmond Heights, Maplewood, Webster Groves, Ladue, and Clayton. Councilwoman, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Jason.
This episode was produced by Jason Rosenbaum. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.